Welcome back to True Freedom, the podcast for you if you're searching, longing, if you know there's something more you need in life. I'm your host, Richard Stokes, and our guide for this podcast is Bodie Aldridge, transformational leadership coach, author, teacher, and great friend of mine. Now, each week we jointly explore a topic or a theme that is likely to matter to you and your life right now. And right now, if you're listening in real time, we're fast approaching the holiday season. A season of giving, receiving, loving, being together. Well, ideally, that's how it is. Uh, And that's what we're going to focus on today. And I'll get to the specific theme shortly. I just wanted to say we've covered a lot of ground in the eight episodes to date, talking about the concept of true freedom and ways to attain it. And your feedback has been super generous and really keeps the fire in our bellies to keep going. And yes, series two is already in discussion. Just wanted to share a couple of reviews we'd had. Um, Brilliant podcast. I had the pleasure of recently meeting Bodhi and he has an infectious way of navigating you through the detail of true freedom and how this applies to leadership. A must listen. Another one. Love this. Thank you, Bodhi and Richard. So much wisdom. And another, another great review saying truly worth your time. If you're on a growth journey, this podcast is unmissable. So thank you to everybody. That's just a few of the reviews that we've had. And as this is the season of giving, you're giving us these fabulous reviews. We want to give something back to you. So I just wanted to share, and this will, this will be in the show notes as well. Bodhi has an amazing mini course called Five Steps to Freedom and Flow, which includes three meditations for really embodying presence. And as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, presence is a key to attaining that true freedom. So if you'd like to uh, follow that course and it's completely free, if you go to bodyaldridge.com forward slash freedom and flow, you'll find the course there. And there's some great tools for you to really put into your true freedom toolbox. Now to this week's episode and another Christmas gift we hope from us to you. Uh, obviously holiday season is all about families coming together. And as I mentioned, ideally this is about a joyful time. This is a time full of love. However, It can also be super intense. And for many people, that time of coming together as family of family of origin can be very triggering. So we know some people will avoid actually coming together at all with family, or when they are together, they'll avoid really telling their truth. So what we wanted to put together for this episode was a map to help you navigate your holiday season to have your best holiday season ever. That's the idea. Bodhi, welcome. Great to see you. And how's your sort of run up to Christmas going so far? Yeah, thank you for that great intro. It's incredible, uh, particularly if you work on the calendar year, how, you know, this holiday season, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Diwali uh, and Christmas and all of that is a time of family gatherings, as you say. And Fascinating, fascinating what we do culturally as a species. That's it. That's it. And, you know, I think it is a time of celebration. Ideally, it's joyous. It also takes a lot of energy, right, from us in many, many different ways. Do 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 you see that? Yeah, I think fundamentally there's such a construct. You know, I was talking to a couple of clients today who, you know, leading into the holiday season were already feeling tension. And if you think about true freedom, yeah, one of the opposites of true freedom is obligation. 
And I think one of the big challenges with the holiday season, this cultural construct that a lot of us have bought into is that we're obliged to get together with our family of origin. And as soon as you go from obligation, it's a precursor to resentment. Mm-hmm. In obligation, there's no choice. The moral obligation, it's what my family do, it's what I'm supposed to do, it's what I, inverted commas, should do. Mm-hmm. And so already we're moving into this place of tension and resistance instead of freedom and choice. And so for the listeners, really want you to notice, again, talking to a couple of clients today, one of my clients was booking flights to visit the family of origin and was already feeling some tension. Mm. And the reason is that, again, culturally, and these are generalizations, of course, that um, a lot of us have been sold the cultural story that it is about everyone getting together in one big happy family. Uh, the example for some of our listeners would be the Waltons. And for those oh, yes. who don't know, yes, yes. that's right. John Boy Walton. And, John Boy, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's an illusion. Yeah, between our ears, that there is this perfect, happy family out there somewhere. And I've never met them. And so Mm. what we do is we keep hoping, we keep desiring that everyone's going to be sitting around, you know, having a beautiful meal or a barbecue or around the Christmas tree, however you celebrate your holidays and smiling and giggling and the children are going to be playing. You know, we see it on the movies all the time. Yet again, I haven't met that family. And so part of this journey to true freedom is to start being honest with yourself and going, what's driving this? Yeah, What's driving this? Is this out of obligation or out of choice? Is this out of unrealistic expectation or out of truth? I really like that, that setup in terms, and, and especially when a lot was ringing true to me when you're talking about obligation and resentment and, and mm-hmm. the relationship that sits there. And I think a lot of, especially around, you know, uh, holiday season, Christmas, and from for me, from a from a UK perspective, it's about this tradition, and it's almost mm. it's tradition. You don't question tradition; it's just is, <laughs> right? <laughs> who, who who questions that we come together um, for you know a day or several days of celebration in a in a in a, an unfamiliar house when you all sort of pile from one family house to another one, and uh, and you almost put eleven and a half months of. I'm not saying tension, but you know, you're operating in your own way and you put that to one side. And for these few days, it must be perfect. And and, and I do think back to um, you know, my mum, um, you know, passed away a couple of years ago, but Christmas for her was really, really important, full mm. of tradition, full of meaning, and full of pressure. You know, that pressure yes. for it to be, it's got to be perfect. Um, and I think a lot of families, you know, put pressure on themselves. Um, I, I mentioned energy at the beginning, but financially as well, they pour mm. so much into this this time. Um, because why? Because we, we want to enjoy it, obviously. But uh, I, I do I do wonder if 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 a little bit of inquiry and questioning around it could be healthy. What, what do you think? Yeah, the thing is, tradition is content without context. Yeah. Okay. Same. There's more. a beautiful body of work called the Art of Gathering. Yeah, and um, we'll put in the show notes the the link because the Art of Gathering researched the fact that we get together now as humans 
and we have the content of the birthday party. We have the birthday cake. We have the content of the wedding. We have the wedding dance. We have the content of Christmas, the Christmas cake, whatever festival you celebrate. But what's the context? The art of gathering is about context. Yeah, it's a little bit like stag parties and, you know, gender revealing and thing. What's the context? So the context of a family gathering, again, certainly if you look at it from the new paradigm, which we'll talk about, it's all about choice. It's all about freedom. It's all about honesty. It's all about connection. It's all about love. Yet for most of us, we get caught in the content of this tradition we're supposed to get together. And is there freedom of choice? Is there honesty? Mm-hmm. Is there connection? Is there unconditional love? Yeah. And again, yeah. often the opposite is true. <laughs> there's judgment, there's resentment, there's tension, there's untruths. Yeah, there's obligation. There's this whole experience. And again, I'm not saying any of it's right or wrong. It's just as you say, step back and reflect and go, what is the context for me of a family gathering? Is this mm. family where I'm going to experience this? Yeah. Am I doing this out of obligation? Yeah. Or am I doing it out of truth? Yeah. I uh, Again, when you're talking about that, the, the idea of you know, the holiday season, Christmas, traditions being around the, the content and it's almost I've had <laughs> I've had disagreements you might say arguments uh that are around the content it's all oh, is it turkey or goose what I really <laughs> want to say is is, is we, we've not we've not really connected properly this year that's why we're having this discussion around yeah. what bird we're going to put in the oven it's not about that at all because we've ignored <laughs> the context what we've decided to do is have the the, the battle around the the content and um, yeah, the, my, my yeah. list of these sorts of things um, goes on. So, so if we, if we, if we make that, uh, that, that choice, that inquiry to think about what's my, what's my, my context, what will be, what's a good way of, I don't know, coming at it, Bodhi, because I'm just thinking for a lot of people, it's that, Oh God, is it really worth me having this, this conversation? You know, mm. it's a, it's a, it's a short time of year, really. Soon we're into the new year, which is the other sort of interesting context around holiday season. You know, things start anew soon after it. I'll just get through this, you know, and I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, perhaps for our listeners, if you if you if you have a bit of a map about what's going on, yeah, then you can make a more informed choice. And so, our family of origin, your birth family, your your parents, your caregivers your siblings, however however that played out for you, is the incubator for incredible learning. Yet because life is relative, I cannot know joy unless I've known pain. I cannot know happiness unless I know sadness. Again, it's not good or bad. It's just the relativity of the human experience. Yet we're not all just bland yet with no emotions. And so it's almost as if we come into this world and unconsciously we've decided to write a script with the director of our life. Yeah. And particularly the first naught to seven years, as most of our listeners know, we write the script. Yeah. And the drama that we write, yeah, is mapped to what is called the drama triangle. 
And again, a lot of our listeners would know the drama triangle. It's called the old paradigm, the old paradigm of communication and relationship. There's a persecutor, there's a rescuer, and there's a victim. And any movie you see, any drama you see, this is all they're doing. They're playing this triangle. The persecutor is the villain. Yeah, the victim of speaks for itself. Somebody has to be persecuted. Mm. Yeah. And the rescuer is normally the hero. Mm. And so it's literally like we create this play, this movie in our lives where our family of origin, it's like you're going to play that part. Yeah. So yeah. mum or dad, one of you, can you be the persecutor? Yeah. Can you be the rescuer? Yeah. I'll be the victim. Now, again, this moves around. We do all three between our ears as well. Yet what happens is out of this incredible unconsciousness, we start to develop family patterns. And anyone who's done systemic work, anyone who's done family constellation work, we know how deep-seated our life experience is based on our family of origin and also the ancestral lines, which is for another podcast. Mm -hmm. So what happens is we come into this relative experience, we come into this drama triangle. Everybody's playing their part. And not to seven, yep, remember our deepest need as a human being, yep, is survival. And that requires an attachment to another human being. Yep. So when we're little, yep, we have to please another human being to get our needs met. Mm. And so we put on the masks. Yeah. And again, as I've I've mentioned in previous pod- podcasts, if you think about family of origin, if you think about siblings, yeah. So the first sibling will come in and to get the attention of our parents or our caregivers, yeah, I'll be the I'll be the high achiever. That's the mask I'm gonna wear. And then the second one will come along and go, well, I'll be the goody two shoes. And then the third one comes along and goes, well, I better be the angry sucker here because nothing else is going to work. And so we put these masks on in this drama triangle to get attention for survival. It's absolutely crucial. Yeah, particularly not to seven. What mm. happens though, Rich, is we forget to take the masks off. Right. Mm. And every time we have a family gathering, everyone gets together in the old drama with the masks on. All the old stuff comes up. It's the three-year-olds and the five-year-olds who are arguing over the turkey or the goose who are (laughs) resentful because I didn't get the the cricket bat I wanted at Christmas or, you know, (laughs) whatever it might be. All of those wounds can resurface without awareness. Yeah. Well, okay, so you you touched on it there. I was going to ask, what perpetuates these masks then that we've, we've, uh, you know, they develop for this reason of survival in you know, zero to seven, yep. but we're talking about, you know, getting together in our twenties, thirties, forties, in our adults' lives. And we should have some agency around this, but, but we don't seem to what's going on there. Yeah. Well, what happens is the fundamental belief as the listeners would know from other podcasts is these masks, everything is set up naught to seven. And the fundamental belief that's set up is I'm not good enough because I'm not lovable and valuable. Now, the opportunity in life is to realise that there are two sides to every coin. From adversity comes courage. From shame comes innocence. 
from fear comes fearlessness. And so we cultivate this experience as little people for the opportunity that as we mature, as we get older, we can absolutely step into the life that we want to create, to be the author of the life we want to experience, not the drama that we unconsciously created. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, though, change for most people comes from inspiration or desperation. And unfortunately, a lot of people aren't inspired to do the reflective work, Mm. to do the shadow work, to go on the hero's journey. The hero, the first part of the hero, most people on the hero's journey refuse the call. They get the call. They know there's something bigger, but they refuse it and refuse it. Eventually, if you listen to the call, you go for the mundane, yeah, to the extraordinary, from the ordinary to the extraordinary. That's the threshold you cross. That's when you start letting go of the mask. That's when you start doing the shadow work. That's when you start doing the inquiry onto yourself. It's just that most people yeah, don't either have the awareness or the courage to hear the call, particularly our male listeners and the heroine's yeah. journey is similar yet different, <clears throat> but to hear the call, the call that there's something bigger here, the call to write the script you want to write. And what in your, you know, in your experience of working with, you know, so many business leaders, but fundamentally humans around the world, what, what does it take to hear that call? And, and let's put this in the context of, as we started this and family of origin and this coming together, and this is around holiday season, you know, to have that, I know this is going to be a difficult conversation with my, I don't know, my brother, my father, mother, sister, but I'm going to do it. What what gets people there? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think before that step, Rich, is you've got to have some self-awareness. Mm. Yeah. Right. So on the hero's journey, the three key tools that the hero discovers is one is I have to love and accept myself. Yeah. If, if you haven't gone there mm. or on that journey, yeah, then any projection externally is probably going to land like a grenade. <laughs> yeah because it's based on judgments based on fear based on resentment yeah and so the that's the first part yeah loving and accepting self radical acceptance the second is you've got to be honest with yourself you've got to tell the whole truth to yourself again to have a conversation around truth as the victim wanting to blame and judge you know blame my father for being the persecutor no cheese down that time yeah, like that's that's not true. And then so radical truth, radical, radical honesty, radical, radical truth is is part of it. So we've got radical acceptance, radical truth, and then radical responsibility, taking full responsibility for your life. So if you start to really take responsibility for your life, realize the drama had its place, realize that you're the author of your life. Yeah. Then you get to the place of choice. Do I want to transform the relationship? with my parents, my sibling, with my caregivers or not. And this is the freedom piece. Remember, this is all about true freedom. Obligation, there's no freedom. And so any of the listeners sitting there reflecting on going to the family gathering, the piece is to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Firstly, every relationship can be transformed 
relationship with your siblings, relationship with your mother, your father, whoever. It's just, do you have the energy? Because mm. it takes a lot of energy, particularly if the other person isn't on the journey, the other person isn't doing the work, yet they're still stuck in the drama. There's no right or wrong, yet you've got to be willing to do the work. If you're going to transform it, or don't go. Mm. If you're seeking connection, find different ways to connect. If you're seeking truth, be honest with yourself. Yeah, why why would I put myself in that place? Yeah, and and certainly in my family, as you know, four children, ten grandchildren, I offer the opportunity. Yeah, to all of my children, it's like don't ever feel obliged. Don't don't feel obliged. Now, whether they take it up or not is another thing. And mm. yet, if because if if I know I felt obliged for many, many years. You know, the culture I grew up in, the family tradition, I was letting my mum down. She would get upset and feel guilty. And I'd go to the family gatherings and then all I'd do is just get harassed and judged and tense. And I was like, and then my wife who came into that family would experience it. I'm like, this is, what are we doing this for? Yeah, no, rings, rings, rings really true. Um, and, there, and there is that piece, I think, again, you've got your, you know, when, it, when a couple comes together, um, you have your family of origin, your partner has theirs, and then you're getting this, okay, and it's literally the, where where are we going for Thanksgiving or Christmas? Oh, yeah. Not, not your parents. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, we've, we've been there before, and, and this is what it's like, and then and, then, and it creates its own tension and drama. So, it sounds like having, you know, as as a couple, and you're saying you've, the first thing you've got to have, you know, it's radical um, acceptance with self, but also as a as a couple deciding, yep, we either are or we either not going to do this. Yep. Either make the invitation or take the invitation. Is is yeah? Is that fair? One of the biggest challenges when I work with couples is what you could call is split loyalty. Mm. So what happens is loyalty can be used as a weapon. Yeah. And, you know, guilt and loyalty, whether we do it in families, whether we do it in um, the police force, whether we do it in bikey groups, yeah, this I've got to be loyal, you know, to the armed forces. Yeah, that's a weapon. Yeah. The only person you have to be loyal to is yourself. Am I being loyal to my values? Yeah. And in relationship with your beloved, yeah, your primary loyalty is to yourself and to your beloved. Yeah. And the challenge, the split loyalty is that the family of origin can put guilt on you, can judge your, your in, you know, their in-law, your partner. They don't do it the right way and they come from a different culture and they put all of that pressure on you. And you've got to be willing to go, you know what? My loyalty is to my wife. For most of my clients, I work with the men. My loyalty is to my wife and my family. Yeah. And if that's disruptive for you, I'm sorry. Yeah. But I'm not willing to bring my wife into that family. Yeah. If it's going to be filled with judgment and guilt mm. and blame and undermining and the drama triangle. Mm. Yeah. And again, you don't have to do it judging your family of origin. You just got to do it from truth. Yeah. Because family gatherings, traditional family gatherings, whatever culture, Italian culture, Indian culture, British culture, the family system yeah, is content without context. The shadow, 
Yeah. So a lot of, you know, the Indian culture, yeah, is very much, you know, my, my grandmothers came from India and very much it was about big gatherings and mm-hmm. and in in traditional land that that had its purpose, people shared, you know, there was a very different experience. But the evolution of that is it's content without context. Yeah, there's actually usually not a lot of honesty, not a lot of joy. There's a lot of judgment, a lot of blame. Yeah. And again, for the listeners, I'm not saying this is for everybody. I'm just saying it's my experience and the experience I've had with pretty well every client. Yeah. That this this family get together is a time of tension and pressure. Mm. And I love that that sense of, you know, what's the most value, one of the most valuable things here is this real sense of clarity. Like these are my values. This is what I'm about. And yeah. as you were saying, I support my partner, my spouse wholeheartedly in the decision yeah. that we make. And I'm not going to put that person, be they male or female, into a situation that I know, because we've talked about it, triggers them. I think it's probably the worst where you come out of, you know, again, say it's the holiday season and go, oh, why did you seem to have such a terrible time? <laughs> you, you didn't see me getting triggered by your your mother's yeah. behavior like yeah. all the time and 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 we get we do get blind to that you know as, as you talked about that's that sense of loyalty the masks it's literally not seeing not hearing what is said um yeah so to, to which yeah. could be happening um to, to your partner at various stages across the, and I, I, I know these are often, I call them microaggressions. Mm. Again, I'm, t- I'm talking a little bit from personal experience, but mostly from friends and, and, and clients feedback to me. It's, it's rarely, and, and again, I'm probably coming at this from a very British cultural point of view, right? Again, so it, it won't be, I don't like you to your face. <laughs> it would be those little yeah. micro things. Well, we just don't do that that way here. Really yeah. tiny little things that build up, you know, the sort of uh, passive aggressive, you might call it as well. Yes. Yeah, the stuff <laughs> over over time, and it just weighs down, right? Mm. Weighs down on you. Oh, it is. And you know, you were saying earlier that some people just, you know, grin, grit, and bear it. You know, grin and bear the Christmas day yeah. or the yeah. the week holiday, and it's like, yeah, why put yourself through that? Yeah. You know, like what for what purpose? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Is this out of obligation? Is this out of distorted tradition? Is yeah. this out of people pleasing? Like for what purpose am I doing this? Well, on that, and just as you say that, is is there a little bit in this that you know what? It's just what we have to do. I know it's gonna be shitty, but this is my role in the family is just to put up with it. Uh, as I, and as I mentioned earlier, it's like it'll be the new year soon. I won't have to see this lot for another 11 months, potentially. Um, yeah. Is there something about that? We almost invite it on ourselves, this, this angst, this pain. Well, you're just perpetuating the drama triangle. Mm. So you're doing it out of usually then out of being the victim. I have to do it. Right. I've got to please them happy. Uh, keep them happy. Yeah. It's the victim energy. I'm at effect of my family. I've got to keep, you know, all of that, which again is just fear. It's a fear and they're not good enough. Mm. Not being loved, not being valued. It's the little little boy or girl who goes, I have to do this to get acceptance. My survival depends on me being approved of, accepted by these adults. And again, it's just driven by fear. 
And if you really want to step into true freedom, yeah, you limit choices from fear. It comes from love. Yeah. Loving self. Yeah. That's what the, the podcast's all about, you know, true freedom. And again, it's not about judging or blaming our family of origin. The, the perfection is, as I say, out of adversity comes courage. Every one of our listeners, yeah, the distortion of their family of origin is also their greatest gifts. You know yourself, like I know my father played the persecutor very well. He left when I was quite young, yet so many gifts have come out of that for me. Mm. Out of my, as, as much as there's the pain and my mother played the victim and all that went on, and I'm not condoning inappropriate behaviour and I've had to do the work on myself, yet I also see the gifts that it's brought me. Yeah, again, you know. Out of adversity comes courage. Out of fear comes fearlessness. All of those things that it's allowed me to be the man I want to be. The gorgeous message in that is, although it's, it might seem hard at the time, in the long term, it's worth it. I, you know, there, there is, there is, as I say, there is value in this. In, in, out of the family of origin. Yeah. You mean, yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Again, that's the work for, that's the hero's journey. The hero had to slay the dragons, the, all the dragons... Yeah, our, our ancestral lines and our family of origin are predominantly where our shadow live. Yeah, and it's just the work. It's just the work we have to do as men, the reflection, mm -hmm. the, the therapy, the feelings release, the coaching, whatever it might be, if you want to be the best version of yourself, if you want to perpetuate a new paradigm for your children, for your marriage, which again is true freedom. You know, that's, that's the invitation. And it can be done. All the tools are there, the support's there. Yeah, it's just the willingness. And that again, that's also really interesting to me as well. That that this sense of here's my choice is I've accepted all these years, as you say, the traditions, the obligations in a certain way. However, now, especially I think when you when you when you have children of your own and you're developing your own family of origin, then you have your choice again as to how do I want this to be. Yeah, right. and and that that yeah. seems like a real pivot point um, for you and your journey. Yeah. Well, one of the most fascinating things is that, you know, and I know you've got two beautiful young boys, you know, we teach them, yeah, we're explicit, tell the truth, don't keep any secrets, yeah, and then what do we do every every family gathering? We just grit our teeth and lie, yeah, and they can feel it, guys. Yeah. Anyone out yeah. there, yeah, particularly the little kids, they know energetically, yeah, there's some tension here, there's some untruth here. So you've got to be honest with yourself. Do I want to teach my ch children honesty? Yeah, we know the fastest way children learn is by who you're being, not what you say. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. If you if you want a different experience or be a different parent. Yeah, no, just the reminder that you know our our our, our kids are looking at us, especially when they're very again under seven, so acutely for what you're yeah. doing, as a, how you're being, and then what you're saying. Um, and I, I'm just really mindful of that as I, you know, as we approach this holiday season ourselves, it's mm. that it's not, it's not, uh, again, put on the false front and make good. It's like, how can I go into this series of days just in the way I want to be, yep. you know, as, as, as full of love, as positive as I, as I truly want to be, because I know I'll, I'll enjoy it more. My wife will enjoy it more and my kids, not just in the moment. But over years to come, I get to get more out of it. So I, I don't say that to put pressure on myself or others, but it's just that I think it's a valuable reminder 
um, as you said, that sort of you know, the, the radical honesty or piece could be, I, I'm just going to be really uh, the best version of myself in this time. Yeah, exactly. Go in with choice, go in with awareness. You know, like no one can trigger you. You choose to get triggered. Ah, yes. It's, it's all external. <laughs> it's all external. We're just in it. We're just in an intense, yeah, environment. We put ourselves yeah. in an intense environment, whether it's a one day or a, or a, a staying yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to be really grounded and really aware. Do your practice. Yeah. Take the space. Look after your beloved. Look after your children. Yeah. Because again. Nothing external can make you anything. Right. And and this is, I, I, and again, I think, you know, as I said, this is our gift to listeners who are hopefully listening to this in the run-up to the their particular days with family of origin. On that, and maybe it is by these three measures, as we talked about radical acceptance, radical honesty, rad, radical responsibility. Can you, could you give some, some tools that you could just yeah. take and apply this? Yeah. Um, I think I think that'd be super valuable for people and and for myself actually as we <laughs> as we approach yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, thank you for asking. Well, again, you know, if you come into the new paradigm, again, which is about being the author of your life, creating the whole of your own reality. Yeah, what we know is that those three guiding principles that you mentioned. So if if I'm firstly being honest with myself, that I'm choosing to go to this family gathering. Yeah. And just a side note for any of the listeners, remember it's about the law of resonance and vibration. So when you make that choice, when you think about going to the family gathering or going to see whoever it might be, notice whether your energy's up or energy's down. Yeah. yeah? Because if your energy goes down, you need to be really honest with yourself. Am I up for this? Yeah, because that, you know, the vibration's down, it'll take you down. And once it starts taking you down, it'll take your children down, your family down. Yeah. So if you can, if you can lean into the choice, at least from a state of being neutral, or if not with a vibration that's uplifting, then like any relationship, workplace relationship, um, your, your, your beloved your children, as we've covered in a previous podcast. Fundamentally, again, just to repeat, nothing external can make you feel anything. You choose how you feel. And the buttons that get pressed by your children, by your family of origin, the button is always, I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable and valuable, which isn't true. Yeah. So when your button gets pressed, it's just the little you that is giving meaning to the external world that I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable and valuable. Yeah. If you think about the family, if you loved me, then you would have done goose, not turkey. If you valued me, you would have given me the pajamas, not the cricket bat, you know, whatever it might be. Mm. So if you can, if you, for, for all of our listeners, do your practice. Yeah. The meditations are there. Get grounded, get mm. present. This is the time to amplify your practice because what a lot of people do is let the anchor go. It's Christmas. I'll have a few drinks. I'll yes. overeat. Nothing wrong with that, but you're more yeah. fragile. Your vibration's down. Yeah. That's why how many Christmas um, Barneys or arguments happen yet after the drinks? 
late in the afternoon when all the stuff that's never been said comes up. Yeah. You know, a couple of drinks, people loosen their lips, they bring up the the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, you gotta you gotta be grounded, you gotta be present, you gotta be willing to take responsibility, radical responsibility for who you're being in that moment. Yeah, the the, the sense of you know, you talk about um, you know, following your practice. For me, I'm getting a sense of this self-care that you really want to have in place before this coming together, especially if you have a sense of, you know, it is, it's, it's been this way in the past. I don't want it to be that way again. So how do I show up as, again, as my best self? And I, I remember Christmases of old and then the industry I used to work in, uh, you know, by the time I got to the 23rd, 24th of December, I was fried. Yeah. Frankly, taking clients out, being taken out, partying with friends, and I had, no, I had nothing left to give. So that that triggering that you talked about, that was so easy. I was on literally on a hair's, you know, trigger. Mm. I was ready to go mm. at any point if someone said the wrong thing or or gave me the wrong present. Um, so that's a little bit about <laughs> this is me before doing the work. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. That's it. The last thing you need to do is put your nervous system into a traumatic, you know, or a post-traumatic experience. Yeah. The other thing, again, if you if you're already doing the work to the listeners, if you've already got some of these tools and you're applying them, then if you feel empowered, yeah, one of the greatest tools to move into this is the tool of gratitude and love. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Again, if you if you haven't done the work, it's going to be a bit trickier. And when I say the work, as I've mentioned, presence, grounding doing some shadow work, doing some reflection work. If you yeah. if you can flip that coin, and again, I know a lot of this podcast has been about the triggers and the limiting beliefs around our family of origin, but if you can flip the coin and take the high ground yeah, and be grateful and be loving, again, of self and loving of your family of origin, particularly your caregivers, your mum or dad, you can see the gifts that they've given you. You can be grateful for all that they did. And again, I'm not condoning inappropriate behaviour. I know, you know, there's some behaviour that isn't okay. Yet if it's, you know, less, if there, if there's no, you know, physical abuse, those sorts of things, yeah, then how can I be grateful for this experience? How can I be grateful for this relationship? Mm. And again, yeah. it's it's fascinating when we see elderly people move move into their eldership how some people can start to surrender yeah and receive that acknowledgement that gratitude yeah and so if you can take that to the family gathering it's a high ground yet it's an, it's very empowering yeah i uh I, the, the 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 concept of gratitude and and the practice of that i think is so important at this time and i'm, I'm just going to add a little a little extra tool in here, actually, something I talk about at this time of year quite a lot. There is a practice. I've been doing it for, I think, the last six or seven uh, Decembers, and it's essentially of gathering all the things in the year that you've been grateful for. And and what you want to do, you want to get to 108. Mm-hmm. And 108, as you know, that's a very auspicious number because people say, yeah. to me, that's an awful lot of things to be grateful for, Richard. But if you think about your year, and you get into flow of, and I, I recommend people just journal this. And, and the month of December is a great time to do it, actually. And all these things we've been talking about is when the nervous system is getting a bit worn down by stuff. Just take some time, 
beginning of your day, end of your day, and just think about all the things that have brought me joy uh, that I'm super grateful for. And I think you're going to enter, if, you, if you're doing this, as we've been talking about, put yourself in such a, 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 a better frame of mind with greater care and love for yourself and others around you when we go into circumstances which are not every day, which, which can be the, the coming together. So I've got, um, I'll put a link in the show notes, actually. I did a short um, uh, Mojo toolkit about why the 108 and how to do it. So uh, just as a little, again, another little gift to the listeners there, but I think the sense of yeah, gratitude is yeah. super important. Absolutely, you know, and when you realise that you create the whole of your own reality, then the opportunity before we come into the holiday season is what sort of experience would you like to have? Yeah. Choose it, write it down, mm. yeah, script write it, get your vibration aligned with it. Those who are doing the practices around your vertical core, get your vertical core charged. You get to create your family gathering, yeah. You don't have to be the victim. As I say, every relationship's transformable. It's just some take a bit more work than others. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but choose what you'd like to create. Yeah, choose the experiences you'd like. Keep your vibration up. Gratitude leaves a beautiful signature on our vibration. That's the power of it. Yeah. And that's all we're doing with, you know, gratitude, thanks, love, acceptance. We're just keeping our vibration at a certain level so we can meet, yeah, perhaps a a, a more traumatized vibration or a lower vibration in the other person but not get sucked into it yeah. so that we can have that experience of joy of peace it is the season to be jolly for some people it's just how do i bring joy from the inside out mm -hmm. how do i bring peace from the inside out how do i bring love from the inside out and this is the fascinating thing about content without context because for most people the family gathering the context is connection and love yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yet it gets distorted with all of this tradition and ritual and judgment and fear and blame. And instead of going, okay, if you want connection and love, choose it. If you want joy and peace, choose it. Step into it. Commit to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bring that vibration. Do your practice. Support your beloved. Support your children, particularly if it's a multi-day event. Yeah. Like you got to really create your space, set some yeah. boundaries, energetic yeah. boundaries sorts of things all the tools that we've talked about yeah tremendous i i just i just get this sense of you know where there was obligation now think about choice right yeah. this this is so this is the the period i choose for me and for my family um i don't we don't have to follow those old models i don't have to wear that that mask anymore um and you know and i think you've you've laid it out beautifully what a wonderful you know, there, there's some there's some tools in here there's some ideas to follow um to really have this uh, as we said <laughs> your best holiday season ever um is there anything else Bodhi before we before we close off and let people get into their their uh their holiday season anything else you want to add in um before we close well, just on that point you know if you're doing it from choice then the opportunity is to bring your best self to the game mm. yeah I and mean, it's an inside out job yeah true freedom's an inside out job yeah, so really, really anchor in that and really notice, you know, again, from our childhood and those with children, those like myself with grandchildren, if you really tap into the flip side, yeah, 
of some of our childhood and reflect on the joy and the innocence and the love and the play. Yeah. And mm. bring that, bring that. And particularly if there's children and grandchildren, like, you know, I often have most fun playing with the kids than sitting around the table getting pissed, <laughs> you know, because it just brings my little boy out. It gives, you know, so you can have some strategies to have the, have the time that you want. Um, and again, do it with awareness, do it with choice and do it with the tools that we've offered. Yeah. Beautiful. There we go. True freedom for the holiday season in one podcast. Um, <laughs> amazing. And just, and just before we close off fully, just to remind everyone about that, um, you know, the, the festive gift from you to the listeners, Bodhi, the five steps to freedom and flow program with the, with those meditations in there really about embodying presence as we talked about. So that's at uh, bodyaldridge.com forward slash freedom and flow. That's where you'll find it. Hope you really enjoy that. And we just wish everyone listening and your best holiday season ever um, with all the love, with all the joy, with all the peace that you all deserve. Yeah. Thank to all the listeners. It's been, it's been incredible, all your support and yeah, please enjoy the holiday season. And yeah, to me, you know, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it is a time to have a rest give your nervous mm. system a rest as well. So that's just right. be mindful that in our busy lives, sometimes that's an important thing, particularly some of you are introverts. Uh, you need even quieter time. So yeah, happy holiday season to everybody. And to you, Bodhi, and to your family. And uh, see you all soon. Thanks, Rich. You too.